0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Stubborn Love. I'm super excited for today's show. We are kicking it into gear with talking about sex lately and we have uh, an Ecstatic Life Mentor who is uh, named Alara Sage, and she's going to be talking about how our sexual power um, can be really helpful uh, in connecting ourselves with um, relationships or just, you know, having it to ourselves and being able to release shame around those intimate connections. So Alara, thank you so much for being here. Super excited to have you and dive into this important topic. Before we get into the nitty gritty, can you tell listeners a little bit more about yourself and your journey on how you got to be an ecstatic life mentor?
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Paige, for having me. And I'm gracious for all the listeners who are listening as well. And yeah, so it's an interesting story because, uh, you know, most of my life I was actually non-orgasmic so I have always had a very high sexual energy, but didn't have a lot of orgasm <laughs> and, uh, just kind of thought like it was a weird, a weird thing. Like, I guess this is just how it is. And then as I started my spiritual journey, my consciously, uh, met, uh, meditating and consciously going on my spiritual journey, I had this one day, uh, at the time I was working on horses. I used to do physical therapy to horses. I used to work on their bodies. And I got in the car and I was driving to go work on the horses and my higher self says to me, ohm three times. And I didn't ohm, that wasn't part of my practice, but I knew what it was. So I took a nice deep breath. Oh, you know, all the way to the end, very strong breath. And I did that three times. And at the end of the third breath an energy shot from my pelvis all the way through my body, out my crown, and I went into full body orgasm
0: no way (laughs) oh my gosh
1: which at the time i literally had never had such an experience ever and i was like oh my god like (laughs) it was very very intense it was like these waves of orgasm just like cruising through my body like every single part of my body was in orgasm and i of course i had to pull the car over because it was very very intense yeah and it lasted for, you know, who knows? It, it felt like forever. It was probably like a minute or two minutes. <laughs> and then after it was done, I was I was lit. Talk about ecstatic. I was in, in an absolute ecstatic state. Uh, I was on cloud nine. And I had no idea what had happened to me. And, you know, for the rest of the day, I like driving to the horses, I was on the freeway and I could like barely sit in my seat. I had like my toe on the gas pedal and I was like literally just dancing in the car because I was so lit and it was just such an incredible experience. And what happened after that? Again, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And your body um, was
0: going to a different dimension is what it sounds like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, again, I had started my spiritual journey, but I was like, wow, what was that? And then after six months after that was kind of intense, because what had happened to me is what's called a spontaneous Kundalini awakening, my Kundalini Shakti, which is our creative life force energy, our primordial feminine energy that all of us carry within us. It's deeply healing. It's our ability to create. It's very, very powerful, activated within myself. And in the tantric teachings, when the Kundalini goes all the way to the crown, it is the experience of unity. And it's extremely orgasmic. So that's what happened. And it's a very, very healing energy. It's, it's very much like, you know, fire. And it, what it did was it, it opened my chakras, it opened my meridians, opened all my energy centers, and a lot of releasing happened. So for six months after that, I was literally all over the place. At one minute, I would be sad. The next minute I'd be happy. The next minute I'd be angry. The next minute I'd be lost and alone. And emotionally I was all over the place, which was very interesting to me because I would, I felt like I was a very emotionally stable person, which just meant that I pushed all my emotions down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was literally like checking in, like, am I going crazy? And my higher self was like, Nope, just keep letting them come through you. And then about five or six months, it started to stabilize. And as the universe does for me, a book dropped it into my lap that was called Kundalini Awakening. And there was a chapter in there that went over spontaneous Kundalini Awakening. And mm-hmm. so that was my first experience with this energy. And like, wow, like it really opened my eyes to what we are capable of. Because again, that was non-sexual. It had nothing to do with sex. And It started me on the journey of connecting to my Shakti and opening up my pleasure. Because even after that, I wasn't, or it wasn't like it just blew me open and then I was ecstatically orgasmic all the time. I still had to go on quite a journey uh, to release the shame and the energy that I held around pleasure and around my availability to it. Um, To really enter the state that I would say that I'm in now, which is a highly pleasurable, highly ecstatic space. So Mm -hmm. that journey really invited me to, it just so happened, it just all happened that I started helping individuals with it naturally.
0: What? an amazing story like i have shockwaves going through my body being excited that this is possible you know sexuality is not something that's talked about and pleasure with sexuality except especially female pleasure um is not something that we really put at the forefront priority um so this is really exciting it sounds like for you what happened was you had to do a lot of like your own work your own healing and in order to like get to like the the best feeling with this pleasure, you had to do a lot of work with that shame part. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. And yeah. you know, one of the things I'd really like to invite the listeners to become aware of is I didn't even realize I had shame. Mm. It wasn't like, oh, I have so much shame. You know, like I yeah. didn't feel shameful towards myself. I mean, looking back on it, I can definitely see now, but it wasn't something that I felt. And so it wasn't like, oh, I need to like relieve this shame or release this from my body. It was really the journey into understanding why I wasn't experiencing pleasure in life because what, what that whole Kundalini Shakti awakening showed me was I just wasn't really tuned into the pleasure of life itself. Let alone Mm -hmm. sexual. Like, again, this was just life. Like, I didn't really enjoy my life. I didn't experience a lot of pleasure in life. I was very much like driven let's get it done. I can do it really well. I can achieve this. I can be successful. You know, there's very much performance mindset and didn't really give myself a lot of permission for pleasure in life, let alone in sex.
0: Wow. Okay. So what you're saying is your sexual life and view of things was really affected by how you were living life in general.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a direct correlation there because our sexual life is a representation of intimacy. Mm Mm-hmm. And really what we're trying to do, what, what humans yearn for so much is intimacy. Oh yeah. And we yearn most importantly with ourselves, that intimacy, the deep knowing of who we truly are, the deep understanding, the deep vulnerability and authenticity of ourself. And so yes, our, our relationships and our intimacy and our sexual experiences are all interwoven to our life and how we have relationship to others, how we have relationship to money, how we have relationship to work or business, how we have relationship to life itself.
0: Mm hmm. And and so I want to go back to so you were talking about how like you didn't even realize that there was the shame that you had. Did you realize that you weren't getting that pleasure out of life in general? Not even talking about sex, but did you recognize? Oh, gosh, like I'm not living my life to the fullest. Or like, was there some sort of event for you that happened or dropped in your lap to let you know, like, oh, I've got to change things?
1: Yeah. I had started to notice it. I actually experienced it many years ago, like in 2005, I kind of just noticed like, wow, even the things that I like, I don't really have a lot of enjoyment with, but then yes, it was like after the whole awakening, it was really like hitting me. And, you know, when clients come to me, usually they feel like, It's just something is missing, you Mm -hmm. know, and uh, one client in particular that I had come to me, she was just really feeling like I, she felt like she could create something more. She felt like there was just more to life. And so her, her wording was like the feeling of unfulfilled, right. Or like, isn't there something more? And I want to create something more, and so again, she wasn't really connected to, oh, I've got all the shame that I got to offload. But as we started to work in her body and we connected to that shame and we connected to her pleasure, wow. That's when she really started this engagement with her body and her engagement with her life. And she really found that fulfillment that absolutely was blocked by that shame, but but she didn't know as nor did I.
0: Yeah. Okay. So really to get into that connection, that feeling of being fulfilled is the journey of connecting to yourself, your inner world more. Is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, how do you even do that? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What's the secret?
1: Yes. Yes. So like when I work with people, you know, there's, there's always a process of teaching them how to have conversation everything is a relationship. So I teach my clients how to look at their, their bodies, all of their bodies, their physical body, their emotional body, their mental body. I teach women how to connect to their womb, to their yoni as a relationship, like start having a conversation, right? What is what, what equates to a relationship? One of them is a good relationship, right? One of them is vulnerability, the willingness to be seen. So this is with yourself. So the willingness to Really listen to what your bodies have to say. Listen to what your sexual energy has to say. Listen to what you need. And then the other part is that communication. So the vulnerability and the communication. So that's really a part of the process where I'm teaching women how to really connect with themselves. So they start opening up this deep intimacy, with their very own being, with their authenticity and with their power.
0: I, I love this. Like I'm, I'm lit on fire because I am a big follower of Brene Brown and her big thing is talking about being vulnerable and how that, you know, connects you to a more fulfilling life. Duh. Makes sense. Um, This is exactly what you're saying. Um, I can imagine, you know, with you saying like one of the first steps is connecting with yourself, asking and listening to your body and your inner thoughts on what you need. I can imagine, especially women, having such a tough time being able to identify, ooh, what are my needs? What does my body want? Um so how would you like be able to help someone who's not familiar with talking to themselves or connecting to their inner world? Like, how do they even start to like make changes to do that?
1: Yeah. So always when I'm working with clients is, you know, the, the truth of it is, is that everybody can do this. Mm. And like, I invite the listeners right now to like, to truly like know that you can do it. And the most amazing thing is when my clients start working with me, they're like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of intuitive. I don't really know. And then they start working with me. I'm like, yep, that's it. Yep. That's intuition. Yep. That's intuition. They're like, oh my God, like they're receiving all the information. We just
0: second guess everything. Uh-huh. So they have it already. Everybody it's... does. yeah. Self-doubt kind of gets in the way and they're not sure if they can trust themselves.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh Okay. So, and I don't know if you can answer this question. Why do we have this kind of um, usual way of doing things of second guessing ourselves? Why are, are we almost programmed to not trust ourselves and not listen to that intuition? Like, have you seen a pattern or anything that is the reason for that? Yeah. So
1: there's several different answers to this question that only did the same thing, but essentially the, the first thing is when I work with women, you know, I, I just show up and we're just available to what wants to come through. But what always happens is we always go back to the very initial years of between three to six years of age.
0: Whoa, super young.
1: Super young. Because what happens during this time, you know, a, a, a being is moving from like baby into toddler, right? They're starting to express, they're starting to kind of really wake up, right? Right and let's like go back to what does our society call the twos the terrible twos and i think there's yeah. even a saying for the threes right like we've got this label all right away like oh yeah they're all emotional and cranky and they throw tantrums uh yeah that's not what's happening mm-hmm. what what's happening is we're we're feeling emotion and a lot of times their, the children's emotion isn't even their own. They're oftentimes feeling the parents' emotions that don't even know their own emotion, right? Yeah,
0: they're just so modeling. The,
1: well, they're just like releasing the energy that they're sensing and feeling because yeah. children are highly, highly, highly intuitive. They can feel everything that's around them. So when the parents are angry, upset, uh, tense, stressed, and they're not able to process that energy, Oftentimes the children will, but that's not the only thing that's happening. The other thing that's happening is their emotional body is preparing itself. It's kind of waking up. It's starting to feel, and there's a lot of feeling there. We are beings of empathy. We are empathic. We are highly, highly feeling rich. And this is what I love about life when you really understand it. But during those years, specifically in previous generations it's been like a no-go, right? Mm -hmm. It's been like, no, 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 no. You need to be quiet. Stop. You know, we humans were unaware of how to handle emotion. I saw a meme the other day that said something like, we've been taught that as long as the crying stopped, the pain stopped,
0: right? Like just stop
1: crying because it hurts. It hurts the mom. It hurts the dad. Like, why is my child crying? Just stop. And sometimes it's like, they just shut them down rather than really addressing or just letting the child have emotion, right? So from Mm -hmm. the generations of not having emotional intelligence, it has been a shutdown. And that shutdown, what that does from three to six years of age is it teaches us our full expression, our authenticity is not okay. Mm -hmm. Like who you are, in your just most like Woo-hoo, self. Nope. Shut it down. Stop being that. Right. Mm-hmm. So right away, shame right away, guilt. And many children, including myself are sexually, um, not active of course, but there is like a sexual curiosity, even of their own body parts. Right. Yeah. You know, like, and it's comforting to touch ourselves. And that's like, stop that. That's inappropriate. That's not okay. So there's many different layers that goes on between those three to six years of age, Mm -hmm. amongst many other things that are, that is traumatizing. And it gets embedded into the nervous system that Mm -hmm. again, fundamentally who you are and your most innocent expression isn't safe. And so we shut those down and then we put on masks of, okay, this is what is appropriate. This is who I'm supposed to be, right? And so I invite the listeners to really like, like take a breath with that, right? Because this is the beautiful unraveling is when you look at a child, like you just see how open they are, right? You see how innocent and just full of life they are how playful they are how curious they are how laughter that is that's who we truly are and Mm -hmm. so what i'm working with clients we're bringing them back to that version of themselves by releasing those belief structures that says that that person is not safe
0: ah you're on fire right now alara like i i can see so clearly how these deep-rooted core experiences where we had caregivers tell us to shut off these parts of ourself is so connected to the whole heart of living and like that that lack of fulfillment that you feel and then also being connected to sexual expression and and not getting satisfaction out of sexual expression oh my gosh like this is this is mind-blowing right now <laughs> <laughs> so So going back into those younger experiences, you start reworking those core beliefs, and then you do that work. And now you're like, okay, all right, I'm working with that shame. That's all good. What's the next step in your process or like how you help people become like their fullest sexual self-expressed selves?
1: Yeah. So the process, you know, I have three steps. One of them is releasing. The second one is embodiment. And, you know, so embodiment is really being able to be in the present moment to our full awareness. So we, you know, you hear the statement of be here now when we are embodied, we are available to everything we're feeling. We're not rejecting anything. We're just really open and available. And that increases our availability to the moment, which is highly, highly pleasurable every Mm. single moment can be ecstatic. Even Mm. painful ones can be ecstatic. You can flip the energy into pleasure very, very easily if you are relaxed. So embodiment is about the nervous system, relaxing into the body, giving yourself full permission to be in the body. And then we really activate them through their voice Hmm. into the glory of their full expression because yeah. our voice is part of our expression and it's deeply connected to our our pelvis and our power
0: Ooh, i like thinking of my pelvis as my power mm. um so thank you for that imager i'm like ooh. i feel like superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. An embodiment kind of sounds like mindfulness, like just getting in tune to your experience, the the way you experience the world, um, getting in tune with how your body is feeling. It, it's interesting that you mentioned that we can flip pain into pleasure. And I want to get into that because th- I was actually listening to another podcast the other day on how someone mentioned going to like this meditative retreat where, you know, they walked in and they've been living with like chronic back pain and they meditated for like a whole weekend and that back pain actually turned into pleasure. And by the end of the whole retreat, they didn't have any pain anymore. And so now you got me thinking the turning pain into pleasure and I want to know all about this. So can you help me understand how that's even possible
1: Yeah. So this is one of the reasons that I'm the ecstatic life mentor because my higher self has been really teaching me. So pain and pleasure are the same coin. You can think of, you know, energies that are seemingly on opposite spectrums, but the same, you know, the opposite, so to speak of the same coin of, of frequency. And so the beauty of this is, is, you know, I have this really great story. It happened several times, but the one main one was I was, jogging and i i used to hate jogging i mean it was one of those things that i was like okay i know this is good for my body <sighs> so i'm going to do it <laughs> yeah i and hate I would, running <laughs> you know, i would be on the whole time i'd be on the run i would just be like ah oh, this is so horrible like this doesn't feel good is it over yet you know am i done yet you know like watching my clock like everything taking forever And one day I was jogging and my higher self said to me, this doesn't need to be so painful. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Please help me with this. (laughs) And my higher self taught me how to, like I do with the women in the embodiment, how to relax into my body, relax into the discomfort. And when you do that, it switches. And I actually put a post on Facebook the other day, orgasm while running, because now I can hit orgasm while running. And it happens most days for me. Um, And then some days are much more extravagant than others. The day that I made the post, I was, I mean, it was like one of those full body orgasms that I was like, I was literally going, oh, oh, like
0: jogging through the forest going, oh, my God, it feels so good. What <laughs> a fun run. You are going to turn me into an avid runner. I don't know what you're doing, Alara, but this is enticing. <gasps> yes.
1: So, yeah, and, and you know, this is what's capable. That This is what I love about this, this is what was capable us as humans. We have been taught that life is a struggle. Life is painful. And it doesn't have to be that way. We just have to learn here how to embody, how to release, embody, and then activate that pleasure
0: in Mm. our lives. Mm. Is there like a maybe a mantra that you kind of uh, say to yourself or say to others who are used to that belief of the, oh, life is so painful, uh, life is pain, um, those kind of like mentalities? Because that sounds like it's not helpful in being able for you to, live your best life so is there like a different mantra that you would recommend saying
1: one of my favorites is you have permission my love and you say it just like that you say the you form because you're speaking to all the parts of you that say i'm not allowed to have fun i'm not allowed to be ecstatic i'm not allowed to be joyous i have to be serious i have to be whatever it is i have to be all these things right all the things that we got shut down So you have permission and you just have your awareness on the fact that you have permission of pleasure and enjoyment, fulfillment, you know, whatever you want in that sense. And then the, my love is really deeply nourishing to yourself. So when you say to yourself, you have permission, my love, it is so like, ah, I just got bliss lit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, oh wow. my body like lights up <laughs> yeah I mean I can see it I know listeners can't see us right now but you're like you're ready to go you've got this energy inside you oh yeah so when you go through the process of releasing and then embodiment well, what's the third part of your process
1: so yes that's the
0: activation mm-hmm. what are we activating
1: So we're activating that, that Shakti, you know, that, that, so that is, so, you know, all sexual energy is Shakti, but not all Shakti is sexual energy. So Shakti is this, again, this very, it's creative life force energy. It's the primordial feminine energy within us. It sits right above our root chakra and it travels through our body and it's deeply healing and it's creative life force. It's literally the energy of creation itself. So we are activating that in the body and activating the permission and the availability to these ecstatic states that mm-hmm. you can activate this and experience this, yes, in sex, but absolutely outside of sex as well. So activating that part of you that is innocent, playful, pleasurable, very, very connected, compassionate.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. I mean, uh, the last step sounds like the most important. Like you're, you're actually doing it. You're experiencing, and that again connects you to the wholehearted living in life. So this, it, we kind of talked about this process as more of a like how to get in tune with yourself and connecting with that. How might you bring this up? Let's say if you're working with a couple, how might you bring this up to a partner to help them, you know, help you release or embody or activate or like have the two of them get to experience these beautiful orgasms and sexual pleasure? So how how could you go about it um, if you would work with a couple?
1: Yeah. So I don't right now work with couples. I'm not a sex coach, but to me, what happens usually is I work with a lot of women. Some women have partners and some do not. Yeah. And so the ones who have partners, I, I coach them, mentor them a lot on how to help their partner understand what they're going through and kind of be a part of the process. And it's so gorgeous because like one client, she had a partner who was, you know, not conscious, not into any of this stuff, you know, he's not into energy. He doesn't, it's not that he's not into it. He just doesn't know it. Right. And so I always teach them communication, 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 like sit down with them and have conversations out of the realm of sexual interaction. Like when there's no triggers, because there's going to be a lot of interesting things that happen through this process for the woman and for the man so beautiful. And so they need to have conversations together outside of those spaces. So there's, there's no trigger. And then the most beautiful thing always happens. It blows my mind. Cause they're always like, I just don't know if he's going to be into this. The man always shows up. Yeah. He shows up. He's like, Oh, is that what you need? Cause they want the men want they want to provide for the women most women don't give men a little slice of of what they truly need from the man so the man Mm -hmm. doesn't know Mm -hmm. so when we are communicative communicative (laughs) to the men they're like oh my god thank you so much now i know what to do and then when something happens because things happen there's a lot of emotion. The women are opening up. They're experiencing more Then it's a talk about what happened. And the men's just, they're they're so relieved. They deepen into the relationship stronger. The one uh, client now, her, her partner is having a more, you know, like beautiful connection with his daughter. It's just like one of those things that just expands and expands and expands.
0: Yeah, a, a really big ripple effect, and and it sounds like like you said it's rooted in that communication, rooted in that vulnerability. And once you do it in one place, it's like it just makes sense, and would be hard to not do it in all the other aspects of your life. So that is so beautiful. Um, and I can personally speak to it, like as I've been able to lean in and be more vulnerable in my relationship and actually communicate and make requests and my partner wants to meet those and you know the more i give direction the more pleasure i get so it's so important to speak up um i love this um we're coming down to the end of our time but is there anything else that is really important that you want listeners to know about your work that you do
1: yeah you know i just really want women to understand and and i just want them to really just listen to what i'm about to say we are in a space of human evolution that we haven't been in for a very, very long time. And what that is, is the rising of the feminine power. And so there is a, I always say it's the woman. There is a woman in each and every one of you that you don't know. And she is a genius. She is magnificent and absolutely radiant. This work is the fountain of youth. Mm. And when you connect to that part of yourself, it is, it is immense. And so I just hope that all the listeners can just kind of take a breath with that. at just the awareness that there's a part of you that you have yet to truly know. And that's exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And as you say, like fountain of youth, I can totally tell, like you were literally glowing <laughs> and you have this energy of youth. And so I can see that like you literally embody your work. So this is really amazing and exciting. Um, what others can experience um, and and that you get to teach it and you get to see it every day. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm truly blessed.
0: Uh, so, um, if people really resonated with what you said today, or they're like, Ooh, I want to see what Alara is all about. Um, <laughs> what's their best way to find you, to get to know you, to work with you, etc.?
1: Yeah. So definitely they can find me on my website is alarasage.com and Paige, I can send you a free video series and yes, please, that's a, a self-trust series. So it's a three part video series that really helps people, women to start this process of creating this communication and this trust with themselves. So it's very, very, uh, massive benefit from it. Um, and then people can find me on, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube all under Laura Sage.
0: Oh my gosh. You're on everything. You're everywhere.
1: I'm everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. So I'll definitely have all the um, n- links in the show notes. And yes, please, let's get that video series because um, I'm i going to sign up for it. Um, I-, I already know. Uh, I think a lot of listeners can s- really benefit um, to be able to learn how to trust themselves more. And I think just what you're doing is so, so exciting. Um before we end here today um i have a question i this is off the top of my head i haven't done this before so we're we're just going off the record here um so let's kind of end this with uh like some sort of gratitude so if you can you know reflect back on your work and everything that you do what would you say like your biggest takeaway of gratitude is? What What are you most thankful for in all of this realm that you have been in for so long now?
1: Mm, I really like that question. I'm really grateful for being non-orgasmic oh. because it took me on this journey and I have walked the walk and I feel like that's what enables me to speak so clearly and to really help women through it and if i hadn't had those experiences i wouldn't know how to go through the journey so i'm i'm deeply grateful for all those times that i didn't feel the pleasure and i desired it and yearned for it
0: yeah i i love this answer because you're one normalizing the um the difficulties that you went through but also saying that pain isn't only pain. Pain isn't only negative. It's like the signal. You can make meaning out of it. And you made a really good life meaning out of this pain and difficulty. So beautiful answer. Thank you so much for answering that off the cuff. Um, Absolutely. Uh, well, it has been a joy getting to know you today. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I super appreciate you being able to let this be heard by so many uh, voices all across the world.
1: Mm, Thank you so much, Paige. I really enjoyed it. You're just a really treat to sit and talk with and engage, exchange with.
0: Thank you. All right, listeners, I will have all those notes in the show link so you can get to know Alar a little bit more. Um, Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time.